Hey, what's going on, friends and fam? It's John, and it's time for the JMart Cast for Monday, October 17th, 2022. What's going on? How are you? <laughs> Hope you've had a great week. Mine's been a little bit so-so. Had to battle with my kid who had uh, diarrhea earlier this week. He was going to the bathroom like every half an hour or even more frequently. Starting to get a little worried. Luckily, we got him some Imodium, and uh, he was feeling a little better after that. And uh, the uh, <laughs> going to the bathroom eventually stopped for a, a day or two until it kind of restarted and we gave him another dose and now it seems to be back to normal. Thank goodness for that. Thank goodness for Imodium. Whew. Got over that one. <laughs> Luckily, our boy's well potty trained and didn't have too many uh, accidents. We, had, we did have like a couple, one or two there, but it wasn't too bad. Very easily... Um, fixable and for the most part the boy was able to take himself to the bathroom and take care of business so thank the lord for that <laughs> what else this week um oh yeah this week earlier i checked myself on the scale that i got for what my weight is and i was like this can't be right i'm 140 pounds like that's not right like i've been 150 for the longest time. Then for a while there, I'd gained a little bit of muscle. I was like up to 155, feeling proud of myself. And then I checked the weight again and I'm like down to 140. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Uh, so I went to my jujitsu gym, checked my weight there and the scale was the same. I'm down to 140. I was like, Jesus Christ, how did I lose like 10, 15 pounds just like without even noticing without even recognizing i mean i was noticing in the mirror i was like i'm looking a little bit more lean looking a bit more jacked like i was like telling myself oh i'm gaining muscle but i mean i probably lost a little bit of muscle mostly fat though i mean muscular wise i'm looking looking fine just looking a lot leaner and a lot lighter apparently so i don't know what's going on i had to put a guess on it i'm probably losing some weight due to the stress um the stress of like you know, having two small children, uh, constantly, you know, needing daddy for several things, you know, not complaining or anything, but my mom has been away for a month and a half, you know, traveling to Europe and back to Armenia. And she's always providing me lots of support, always helping me, always there for me to uh, take care of the children. And I love her and appreciate her for that, obviously. But, uh, you know, this month and a half with her being away, had to, uh, take on a lot more responsibility and it's been I guess a little harder and maybe that's the reason or in it I'm sure it's a multitude a constellation of things and that's one of the contributing factors the added stress of having a little bit less help has resulted in me uh losing uh 10 to 15 pounds so that's that's very uh unusual so i've been trying to eat a lot more recently just stuffing my face with as much food as i can uh, even when i'm not hungry i'm just like too bad so sad you gotta just keep eating keep eating keep eating <laughs> and uh there's a lesson in that and that um losing weight can be easy sometimes whereas gaining weight can be hard hard like the people don't like to hear that you know of course because people uh most people these days are overweight and you know, are trying to go the direction that I'm going, <laughs> but, uh, you know, are having a hard time with it. But a lot of times that's due to metabolic dysfunction, you know, health not being where it should be, you know, in addition to activity levels, but put away the activity levels for a second there, because honestly, that 
has a much smaller impact than what the metabolic health is and what the diet and nutrition looks like. If diet and nutrition are dialed in, that'll help people lose weight. But if diet and nutrition are dialed in and the metabolic health is not there, it's not going to matter. You're not going to be able to absorb the nutrients that you're eating that will help your body be, to be able to do the things it needs to do to get to a proper weight. So unfortunately, there's you know a lot more to it. It's very nuanced, right? Anyway, I don't want to talk about that too much, but just a very surprising observation that I made. <clears throat> Let's see what else happened this week. Oh yeah, I did a new podcast with uh, somebody who I've been following on uh, Instagram, uh, a movement, uh, like a parkour guy, a natural movement guy. His name's Kyle Cock. He had put out a kind of post on his page saying that I want to be on your podcast, not specifically mine, just whoever like responded to that post, obviously. And I'd been following this guy for a bunch of years now and really like the content that he produces, the kind of, um, I guess, message he puts out there. And I immediately jumped at the chance to invite him on to my State of Health pod, not this one, but the other one that's more health-related. And so we had a great hour-long conversation earlier this week. I'm currently editing that. Uh, podcast should be out soon, probably midweek this coming week. So look out for that. A new state of health pod. Pretty excited for that one. It's going to be one of my best ones up to this point, I think. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. What else this week? Okay, I'll share one more personal story. Um, and then uh, after that, I'll talk a little bit about some of the world news that I've seen that I'm following. So personal story on my Instagram page. I uh, posted a video of these crazy vegans like going to a grocery store and opening like bottles of milk and just dumping it on the floor. Like these people are so crazy. I swear to God, they're just lunatics. Like they're mentally ill. And that's what I said. I said, veganism is a cult. Like I did say, I did qualify it in saying that not all vegans are like this, but many are. So then I had a friend of mine somewhat friend on uh, Instagram messaged me back and you know he's a vegan vegetarian depends on his mood <laughs> but he says his response to me saying calling out vegans is that I think we could say the same about persons of every dietary choice lol all right fair enough you know what he's got a point here but you know I feel like definitely you can point at vegans as being more crazy than other dietary choice individuals. So my response was, sure, but a lot of vegans are giving out really bad nutrition advice too. I will admit that I probably get a biased perspective, but here's an example. I showed her a picture of um, this uh, vegan person who, uh, this cute looking girl, looks super thin. She goes, where do I get my protein as a fruitarian? Someone who just eats fruits and veg like veggies, I guess. <laughs> the answer is bananas. <laughs> and then uh, she has like this little list of things that, um, um, I guess, not list of things. She's got this text that she's written below that. And she goes, and here's what the text says. How much protein do we need? Question mark. The World Health Organization suggests protein intake should constitute 10 to 15% of your caloric intake. Okay, 
many things wrong with that statement already. First of all, if you're getting your information from the World Health Organization, you're you're getting the wrong information. You're going to end up unhealthy and sick. I'm not going to get into why right now, but just put that aside. But it should constitute 10 to 15% of your caloric intake. No, it shouldn't. That's That's way too low. Okay, I'm not going to put a percent on how much the caloric intake of protein should be. You shouldn't even think of protein as caloric intake. Most of the protein is not used as calories, okay? Fat and carbohydrates are used for calories. Protein is used for building and growing and repairing muscle. Um, but it should not be as low as 10 to 15%. It should be a lot more. Let's, let's, let's put it that way. Second point. She's written here, the recommended dietary allowance for protein is a modest 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. My weight is 50 kilograms, so I need 40 grams of protein daily, and I get it by eating only fruits and veggies. Whoa, okay. A lot of things wrong here as well. First of all, recommended daily allowance, RDA. The amount that they're suggesting is pretty low, first of all, but you shouldn't even be looking at the RDA as what you should be hitting. The RDA is like what you need to hit in order to not see any disease, okay? That's not the same, like just to survive. That's not the same as thriving, right? We have survival and we have thriving. Surviving, thriving. Like you don't want to be just surviving. You want to be thriving. You want to be feeling your best, right? You don't want to be just doing enough to make sure you don't get disease. You want to be doing so well that you're not just like avoiding disease. You're actually like performing, feeling your best and performing and are able to do things that you want to do without, you know, feeling like your, um, you know, health is getting in the way. So RDA is not what you should be looking at, but 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight is so low, so low. So for this girl, 50 kilograms, 40 grams of protein. Are you kidding me? That's nothing. What I suggest to clients when they ask how much protein should I be eating? And, you know, again, the number is different for every person, but here's like a, you know, a straight across the board suggestion that is a good place to start. And then you can tinker from there to see what feels best for you. It should be not 0.8 grams. It should be one gram of protein per not kilogram of body weight per pound of body weight. Okay, so this girl's 50 kilos times 2.2, that's like 110 pounds. So she should be getting over 100 grams of protein, 110 grams of protein daily, okay? 110, not 40. Do you see the difference? 40 is nothing. <laughs> and then and then she says, I get it by only eating fruits and veggies. What do I eat in a day? 12 bananas, 10 oranges, two mangoes, blueberries, baby spinach, tomatoes, cucumbers, romaine, and iceberg lettuce, celery, and half an avocado. Like, I just vomited reading all that. Like, are you kidding me? Like, first of all, I mean, I'm sure if you calculated out all the things that she says there would possibly add up to 40 grams of protein. But are you actually absorbing those 40 grams of protein from those fruit and plant sources? Most likely not. Most likely not because the best way to absorb protein is from animal sources. From animal sources, you're actually able to absorb most of it. From fruit and um, veggie sources, those things are bound up in all that fiber, 
Okay, it's a lot harder for your body to be able to access that that protein, whatever minuscule amount is in there, to uh, to that actually use that up for your body to be able to grow and repair. Like, it's just such bad nutritional advice from this crazy fruitarian vegan person. So that's my example, and you know, and then. You know, no response. So then my question was, what do you think of Sean Baker? Uh, Sean Baker is this um, doctor. He's got popular social media pages on Twitter and Instagram. He's very um, pro carnivore. He's been doing carnivore like diet for like six plus years. And, you know, I know, I'm not a proponent of carnivore. I tried it like for one day. It wasn't for me. Like I, I've, I've said this before, carnivore is for people who have like really bad health uh, things that are happening in in their life and they're trying out this elimination diet where they're only eating meat to uh, like get rid of all the other things that could possibly be hurting their body and you know when it's that to that level yeah it makes sense to go that extreme so I'm not pro carnivore but like what Sean Baker does is he has like these videos of like crazy vegans spouting off nonsense and then it's kind of funny. He just like has a video of him like eating a steak nice and quietly, just like politely eating steak, not doing anything while there's like a little screen of like the video of like the crazy vegan talking some crazy shit, crazy nonsense in the corner. <laughs> just and it's, to me, it's hilarious. So I was like, what do you think of Sean Baker? I think he's too over the top with carnivore, but he finds some videos of vegans with bad nutritional advice and unsubstantiated claims and puts them up on his page with him in the background eating steak. I get that it could be perceived as off-putting, but some of the stuff in those videos is often nonsense. Just wanted to have like to continue the conversation so he didn't, since he didn't really respond to my fruitarian vegan crazy post that I that I sent his way. So, and the the one that I sent him, it was like some crazy person saying that um, humans are actually, uh, uh, what is it called, uh, herbivores. He's he's saying that humans are herbivores and he's got all this like, quote unquote, proof, which is like, if you listen to it, it like any regular human being would listen to that as like, no, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> so it's just funny to look at this video of this crazy person claiming that humans are herbivores while this guy in the background there is just eating his steak quietly. So his response is, yeah, I'm sure there's some wild stuff on the internet, LOL. I'd say that Sean Baker fella should probably speak to his therapist about why he feels the need to behave the way he does, LOL. People are going to say and do wild shit, patting yourself on the back while attempting to place yourself in a superior position says something about your Dr. Sean's psychological constitution more than anything else. It's just a cry for attention in my opinion. He could just create content that speaks to the benefits of eating meat. All right. So he completely disregards the crazy nonsense that the vegan person is um, saying and, you know, focuses on Dr. Sean, which is fair enough. I asked what he thinks about Dr. Sean Baker. Um, But like, clearly, he's just quietly sitting there eating meat, not putting himself in any superior position. (laughs) He's just, yeah, he's just illustrating for people what kind of crazy stuff's out there. It's like, 
do you think maybe he's just illustrating some of the insane ideological beliefs of these people? It's not like he's saying anything in the videos, just letting people watch and judge for themselves. And then he responds, I mean, I don't think it's it's insane to value the life of other living entities over one's personal sense of gratification. Okay. Again, not really addressing what I'm talking about. But he goes, I do, however, feel it's childish to respond the way he does. LOL. How is it childish? <laughs> What's like, and also he didn't like, he didn't, I'm sure he didn't look at Dr. Sean Baker's page because many of his posts on his page are actually about the benefits of eating meat. Just every once in a while, he likes to throw one of these videos in there to demonstrate how crazy these vegans are. So then... So then he goes, what's the saying? Actions speak louder than words. Ha ha ha. He's basically saying, fuck your beliefs. Watch me be me. Pretty typical of a bigoted mindset. (laughs) Forgive my American prejudice, but he fits the mold a little too well. No question mark. I mean, I guess that's his perspective. I'm not going to change that. Uh, I think it's hilarious to watch these videos of him just eating meat while he's got like a little video in the background of a crazy vegan saying great, like a bunch of stuff that doesn't make sense, but I could see how that's off-putting. I also see the fact that, you know, killing animals for food is hard for people to like accept. That's fine. I mean, but why do these vegans like just... Take that, internalize that. Don't eat meat if you have find it hard to kill animals for food, but then don't try to proselytize other people to be like, you shouldn't eat meat either because it's bad for you. It's not, not good for your health. Like those are just lies. Those are just lies. Anyways, my, my response is like, okay, I'm not even going to respond to any of that. I just want to see what, if, if he can say this. I was like, do you think humans are herbivores and (laughs) he did not answer it he's like i believe humans are confused ha 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 and my immediate response was like agreed humans are confused we just disagree like i didn't say this but we just disagree which humans are confused (laughs) like this guy just can't fucking deal with reality he can't deal with the fact that humans are not herbivores we're omnivores we eat both animal and plant matter and fruit whatever like (laughs) uh reality is a hard thing man but like you can't avoid it eventually it's going to come at you it's going to come at you hard we have thousands and thousands of like years of evolutionary history that can't be ignored and if you don't want to eat meat that's fine that's your choice but don't be spreading like crazy ideas about how humans are herbivores and how you can get enough protein from just eating fruits and veggies like get out of here like do that for yourself fine and just keep in mind that the fact that like how those fruits and veggies are grown and harvested there's a lot of life that has to die for that to happen as well okay just because the actual act of eating plants and veggies does not result in killing of animals doesn't mean that the whole process from start to finish from when that thing was grown to when it gets to your mouth does not mean that things did not have to die for that to happen right it always gets ignored by vegans and vegetarians but such is the truth and you cannot escape it okay what else did i want to talk about this week 
Yeah, a couple of world news that happened last week. First one being that um, Kanye West, he uh, said some crazy shit online. And then because of what he said, he lost his bank accounts with one of the major banks in uh, America. I think it was JP Morgan. I'm not 100% sure. I don't really know their bank's names that well, but... He said some, I don't, I can't exactly remember what exactly he said. I think it was like, I'm going to go DEFCON 3 on Jews, something like that. He's like, and you, you can't even call me anti-Semitic because like blacks were the first Jews, something like that. Like, I'm, I think I'm butchering it, but something along those lines, you know, Kanye's whatever, bipolar or whatever. And he, he says a lot of crazy stuff. He says a lot of stuff that makes sense, but he says a lot of crazy stuff and you know, this time he said, I guess he crossed the line or whatever. And because of what he said, he lost his bank accounts. Like, you know, it's not right to say crazy things, but it's not right to re- like punish someone by taking their access to like financial services <laughs> because of what he said. Like, does this make sense? It doesn't make sense. This, this is what happened earlier in Canada when the truckers don't or not the truckers when the people regular people donated money to the trucker protests their bank bank accounts got frozen and now it's continuing like it went from just regular people it's happening to celebrities people with a lot of money as well with a lot of quote unquote power i don't well i don't know if Kanye has much power but he's got a lot of money and you know people say money is power so if it can happen to Kanye it can happen to anybody right and Maybe he says some crazy stuff, but that's not the right way to deal with it. Maybe somebody should come up to him and say, Kanye, what you're saying doesn't make sense. Here are the reasons why. Um, And then we can continue the dialogue and possibly come to some sort of common ground and resolution. Like he's definitely not going to stop saying crazy stuff like that if the response to his crazy uh, uh, outbursts is to take his bank accounts away. Now he's going to double down. (laughs) Like. So, another advertisement for why Bitcoin is the future, why, uh, you know, you can say a lot of crazy stuff and your Bitcoin addresses will not be emptied, (laughs) will not be closed. No one can do that. And the other uh, world news item this week, earlier this week, was uh, this guy named Ben Bernanke. He was the head of the... um, the Federal Reserve, the American Central Bank, in the early 2000s, and the actions that he took as the leader of the Federal Reserve directly led to the 2008 Great Financial Crisis. Um, by the way, if you need a reminder as to what happened, uh, two things you can do. You can watch um, that movie. What was it called? Hold on a sec. The Big Short. That's what it was called. You can watch the big short if you want like more of a Hollywood dramatized, like fun thing to watch. Or if you're more into like documentaries, you can watch the inside job. Watch both those things and then uh, and then see if this Ben Bernanke guy. So I didn't say what happened. This Ben Bernanke guy won the Nobel Prize in economics for taking action that directly led to the 2008 great financial crisis that led to like people losing a lot of money, people losing homes, a lot of like bad times for people. But according to whoever the hell decides who gets the Nobel Prize 
in economics. He deserves it because he did something that was good. I don't, I have no idea. This, this is the world we live in where like, it's just like 1984, George Orwell's masterpiece. The, the, the famous quote that I always like to quote is war is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. Basically the opposite is always true. <laughs> and that's what happened here. Like this guy did the opposite of what would have gotten you the prize, in, the Nobel prize in economics. Therefore he gets the Nobel prize in economics. <laughs> like I, I knew the Nobel prize was garbage like years back when um, Obama got the Nobel prize for, for peace. <laughs> Meanwhile, he was like, you know, continuing wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, but like, you know, this, this just puts the nail in the coffin of Nobel prizes. And if I were like the descendants of Alfred Nobel, the, the guy that, uh, what did he do? He invented uh, TNT, right? Dynamite. Cause it's TNT. It's dynamite. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, he invented that and he like made a fortune and he gave all his fortune to establish the Nobel prize. And then now it's turned into garbage. Like his family should be ashamed and probably Alfred Nobel is just rolling over in his grave <laughs> at what's going on. Um, let's move on to the Bitcoin update of the week. We are on block height 758,956. Price of one Bitcoin is trading at $19,153. US dollars, that is. One US dollar will buy you 5,222 Satoshis. Remember, Satoshi is the smallest subunit of a Bitcoin. One Bitcoin can be subdivided into 100 million units. Each one of those units is called a Satoshi. If you're in Canada, you'd like to buy some Bitcoin, I recommend ShakePay. I have an affiliate link or referral link to them in the description of the podcast, which you can use, which gives you a $10 reward for the first $100 that you of Bitcoin that you purchase. You do have to give personal information to use ShakePay. There are other ways of getting uh, Bitcoin where you don't have to give up personal information. So don't feel like you have to do it through ShakePay. What I want to talk about regarding Bitcoin this week, you know what, I'm, I've realized that it's more important to point out the problems of what the current system, where it's at, than it is to talk about why Bitcoin's good. You can get to Bitcoin eventually on your own, but you need to see the problem that it solves first, right? <laughs> um, so first problem is just the fact that our financial system is so messed up that, you know, um, the governments are able to run insane deficits and have the central banks basically uh, support that by buying government debt with imaginary money. Now, if that's not bad enough, the next step in this, in the progression of turning the financial system worse and making it more and more restrictive is this thing called CBDCs. So they're called CBDCs because it's short for central bank digital currency. And the central bank digital currencies are basically going to be a type of money, a programmable type of money th that comes out in the future. And it's not out yet, but there, there's a lot of talk of it coming out in the future where 
the central bank will basically disintermediate regular banks. Okay, let me just maybe do a quick recap of how things work right now. So the central bank is a bank for regular banks. So like in Canada, we got what, like RBC, we got uh, TD, CIBC, all these banks, the big five. And they have their own bank, the Canadian Central Bank. And so the Central Bank of Canada deals with the commercial banks and then the commercial banks deal with regular people with retail. Now, what they want to do is just cut out the middleman and create this new form of money, the CBDC, to provide for for retail for regular people like you and I. And these CBDCs are going to have special properties. They're going to be programmable. And they like to basically uh, frame it in a way where it's like really good for us that we can do this because we can program it to help people better. But listen to what the guy says. So this is a high-level advisor. I don't even know who he is, but for the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, here's what he has to say. The third way we think CBDC can improve financial inclusion is through what we call programmability. That is, CBDC can allow government agencies and private sector players to program, to create smart contracts, to allow targeted policy functions, for example, welfare payment, for example, consumption coupon, for example, food stamp. By programming CBDC, those money can be precisely targeted for what kind of people can own and what kind of use this money can be utilized, for example, for food. So this potential programmability can help government agencies to precisely target their support to those people who need support. So that way can also improve financial inclusion. Of course. Yeah. So like it all sounds great, right? Like, oh, we're these people need food, so we'll just have special money that like they can use exactly for food. Like that's how they like to always frame things, right? It's there's good intentions, but don't forget the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And once we have money that can be programmable for specific use, what do you think they're gonna do? Do you think they're gonna be just using it for good things, or do you think they'll be just like, oh, excuse me, sir, but You've eaten too much meat this week. I think we're going to turn off your money so that you don't use it on meat anymore. We do have this nice bug sludge that's much better for the environment. And don't you care about the environment? So our money that we give you, the CBDC, is going to be no good for buying meat. It'll turn off and not work when you want to go buy meat. But the bug sludge over here... That it will work for. Oh, and by the way, you have to use it up by Friday or else it's going to go to zero. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what's coming. So, yeah, I don't want that. I don't think anyone really wants that if they think about it. But when it's framed, when it's framed like how this guy frames it, like it sounds nice. It sounds like a good thing, but it, it's not. It's really not. And so this is why people are turning to Bitcoin and some people who are not able to, um, um, what do you call it, uh, I guess, differentiate between 
Bitcoin and some of the scams are out there that are out there. You know, they go for the crypto world. They, they think, oh, Bitcoin and crypto are the same. So I'll just get some Bitcoin and I'll diversify and get some crypto. But no, cryptos are all scams. And one of the biggest scams of all is the second biggest crypto called Ethereum, right? And I'll play another video clip of why Ethereum is a, is a goddamn scam to give better examples so that you can avoid Ethereum as well. Um, and this goes back to what I was talking about earlier about like having to face reality, not like making up things yourself and not, you know, thinking that you can just say stuff that's not true and make it true because you believe it. That's not how the world really works. So here's a video of this guy named Vitalik Buterin. He's the guy that invented um, Ethereum, programmed it, him and a bunch of guys. And here's what he has to say about like the difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum. And Ethereum's like responsible for creating all these other cryptos as well, because you can use basically Ethereum to make infinite number of cryptocurrencies. And that's what's happened. But like they're all garbage. They're all scams. They're all scam coins. Stay away from the scam coins or shit coins. Here's what Vitalik has to say. So I think like to summarize that one of the ways that I think about this in a more philosophical way is like proof of work is based on the laws of physics. And so you sort of have to work with the world as it is, right? Sorry, I should explain. So he's talking about proof of work and proof of work is the thing that makes Bitcoin what it is. It's the main driver of what I think gives Bitcoin value. And with Ethereum, they used to have proof of work wasn't really real proof of work, but now they've switched to a proof of stake system. And he'll explain what proof of stake is in just a second. Here we go. You have to work with, you know, electricity as it is, hardware as it is, what computers are um, as it is. Whereas because proof of stake is virtualized in this way, it's basically letting us create a simulated universe that has its own laws of physics. And that's... So a simulated world with its own laws of physics. That makes no sense, first of all. <laughs> But yeah, he's just trying to get away from reality. This gives the us as protocol developers a lot more freedom to optimize the system around actually having all of the uh, different uh, security properties that we want, right? That's completely wrong because now that there is no laws of physics applicable to your system, you can you cannot actually have proper security because you're just making up rules that don't have physical constraints like the physical laws of thermodynamics that like the world reality is based on you know if we want it the, the system to have a particular security guarantee and then like often there is a way to modify the emperor state mechanism to also achieve it so it's just uh, you know much more flexible and it shows through in the efficiency and the, the security of the network yeah, it's much more flexible in that he gets to have control over things and he can decide which way things go, which way they don't go, as opposed to Bitcoin, where it's just reliant on the laws of physics, laws of thermodynamics. Like, imagine you could just turn off gravity, like in a country that you like 
don't like. We're like, well, we'll just mess up, mess with them because we don't like them. We're just going to turn off gravity. <laughs> like that's essentially what he's saying. That's the level of ridiculousness of what he's talking about. Right. So just going to finish off with that. Going to say, you know, stay away from crypto. It's Bitcoin only. Bitcoin is the only true money. And I think this is a clear example where the guy who invented Ethereum, the main, the second most popular cryptocurrency, the one that gives birth to all these other shitty uh, scam coins. That's what he says. Like, So hopefully, I hopefully I've presented that in a clear enough manner that it makes sense why it's Bitcoin, not crypto. So with that, I'm going to sign off for the day. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for um, sharing the video with friends and family. If you think that this is uh, you know, useful information, thank you so much for giving the podcast some ratings, whether it be on Apple, Pod- Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. I love you all. Thank you for listening to the end. And as always, stay active, be grateful. Jay Mart out.